podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted NFC Championship Edition. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Friday morning? I'm good. I like that intro. That is fun. It's fun to hear that. It's fun to get to say that. And it's fun to get to continue playing football and uh, watching, watching our team play such meaningful football down the stretch. Yeah, I think we're in a a select group of NFL team podcasters that have, in their first two years doing their podcast, gotten to cover their team all the way to the conference championship at least. So I just think we should make sure to to ruminate on that, that we are in the select few that in our first two years of podcasting, the 49ers said, whoa, these guys are podcasting now? We better give them something to talk about. And wow, have they delivered. Yeah, we're pretty blessed. Yeah, hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> we can chat a little bit about the Cowboys game. It feels like ages ago. Chat a little bit. We've had kind of, you know, some Brock Purdy rumors going on and off throughout the week. And then maybe talk a little bit about what we're expecting against the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe we start breaking it down, just jump back to the Cowboys game. I really just want to talk about the last play. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh my God, I've watched it, it multiple is. times. It's been awesome. What's so funny is Ezekiel Elliott, <clears throat> excuse me, is a pretty big dude. At least in terms of his not his height. I don't. He's got to be like. Uh, he's not six foot. Um, he's a big all. guy. So he's a big guy though. But seeing him just get pile drived by Dre Greenlaw, I believe. Um, yeah, I and think just it was Dre. Sent, just sent backwards. <laughs> like that's awesome. And I just I don't get the play. I don't care about the design as much. I want to understand what the intention of it was is, you know, I'm assuming a lot of laterals, but they threw it to a guy who was covered and, and caught the ball and didn't really get to, get to take a single step and then was tackled and came over. So I'm just very confused, uh, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the Cowboys shooting themselves in the foot yet again with the last play of the game. If you need I- to be reminded last year, uh, I don't remember who their center is because Travis Frederick retired and I never know. Oh, Con- Con- well, Connor Williams might have been at that, at that time. But whoever the center was for the Cowboys grabbed the ball, put it like they ran to the ball. He said it. The ref has to come set the ball to like position it where it should be. He said it. Dak got down behind him ready to snap the ball. But the ref is like, no, no, no. I have to set the ball. He moves the ball back like, half a foot but he needs to set it where it needs to go and because the cowboys lined up and were in his way the clock ran out so just two beautiful ways to end a game i would say i agree that was that was hilarious i heard i think it was someone on the ringer fantasy football show say like what's worse if they if mike mccarthy just came up with that play like five minutes before or if he Mm -hmm. spent like hours like in the lab coming up with with that and what's so funny is like I kind of got the idea like I 
I kind of understood that they were trying to, you know, get Zeke downfield, get the lineman downfield, have more speed. But the fact that it turned out to just be like, it, it was just a, a five-yard slant. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, just everything, everything you wanted was so funny. Yeah, it was fun to see big game from George Kittle. He had five receptions for 95 yards, and uh, he had he had quite the catch, did he not? Oh, he did. That was the ability to track the ball like that is just George, uh, George Kittle is a is a one of a kind athlete. There really aren't many men who are as big as him and can move the way he can. Which was the same thing you said about Rob Gronkowski for forever, right? Like he's just this mountain of a man that can move in a way that no one who's that big is supposed to be able to move. And I I, I think Kittle has that ability as well, which is so cool. I think it's it's kind of a conversation worth having of like. Has Brock Purdy unlocked Kittle? Like, and that's that's obviously like I'm mostly facetious when I say that, but there is some truth to it. Of George Kittle is having one of the best runs of his career in the receiving game. Now he's always been the best blocking tight end in the NFL. He's always been a phenomenal receiver when he gets used in that. But to consistently perform uh, in the receiving game the way he has since Purdy has taken over is a stretch he hasn't really had in his career before. And so I'm I'm curious, Daniel, do you think there's something about Purdy specifically? Do you think he's just leaning on Kittle more because he's, he's a rookie? What do you think is going on with that? Yeah, my my first guess would would be to say just what you just said that he's leaning on him more because he's a rookie because um, tight ends are usually a good <clears throat> receiver, especially when they're to the caliber of George Kittle. Um, sometimes maybe throwing down to Brandon Ayuk or doing a certain play to Debo Samuel could be a little more risky for him in certain ways. But I say that, but then I also can think of so many times where Purdy has taken that riskier shot to Ayuk or Debo Samuel, and Samuel has been injured. Debo, it's weird saying Samuel. Debo has been injured, and we haven't seen him as much, and so I think that's a little bit why we're seeing more Kittle. Maybe Purdy got comfortable with Kittle early, and he's just kind of going back to that same that same first meal, and I get that. Um, I would too, but it, he has so many stinking weapons at his disposal. It's so hard to pick and choose or listening to interviews with Kittle, like for that juggling catch, he had said, he goes, no, I wasn't the hot route. Uh, I wasn't any kind of intended target. I finished my route and I was just trying to get downfield and Purdy saw me and he threw me the ball. Yeah. That was a broken, uh, that was a broken play. Like, Kyle was probably initially frustrated that Purdy even threw it to Kittle, you know? Yeah, and so my thought is, I think that, I think Kittle's description of that right there kind of sums it up. I think whenever there's a broken play, whenever Purdy might be a little panicked or a little like, okay, the intended route or two runners didn't, it didn't pan out, where's Kittle? You know, it's kind of, what's, what's Pat Mahomes thing with Tyreek? Like, if a Tyreek's there, I think yeah. Purdy's like, ah, where's Kittle? Yeah, that's. I think that's a really, a really good way of describing it, and then sprinkle in the fact that you know George Kittle's an absolutely one of a kind, phenomenal NFL yeah, exactly. player, and it it leads to some serious success. And I think it begs the question too of like, Brock Purdy is making plays like in way, and I I don't know what that is. Do you think it's just 
I'm a third round rookie. I'm Mr. Irrelevant. Everything I do is with house money. So like, who cares? Or maybe he's just this guy and he just somehow fell through the cracks in the NFL draft. But he is producing and playing at a level that not many NFL players get to. And so I think it's worth just like taking a minute to be like, this guy is doing something really, really cool. And I I just think he deserves credit for it. I think he came from a really cool spot being the last pick of the draft pick. What is it? 262, 272? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Did you know they do a parade in Newport Beach for Mr. Irrelevant every year? No. I found that out this week. Yeah, it's real. I'll find it. I'll, I'll find incredible. you the details. We're kind of mean wow. to Mister Irrelevant. Yes, I mean the the fact that we call him Irrelevant, Irrelevant. Week. It's a fundraiser in New in uh, Newport Beach every year. Wow, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Where it's like you're because we're we're so used to seeing seventh round picks don't even make the NFL team very often. If you get drafted by the Niners in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, you're poised to be a star. But it's just not all that seen. And so he, I think he came from this place of, I have nothing to lose. You know, I, I think he does, where it's like, well, you got drafted by an NFL team. You could lose being on an NFL team. But he's, again, he's in this place of like, there are no high expectations. I was the last pick of the draft, you know. I am a third-string quarterback. I will most likely never see the field for the Niners because Trey Lance and Jimmy G are in front of me. And unless they both get hurt, which you know would seem kind of unlikely, but oh wait, then I'll, I'll, I won't be getting in the game. Flash forward, boom, he's in the game, and he's like, okay, it's my time. He's, he's coming in like the perfect position, the perfect mental space to come in and be like, I'm just going to go out there and do my best and have fun playing football. But he's also just gifted and very smart, and so he's killing it. Totally agree, and that's been really, really good to see. And I think it kind of is a natural segue into a topic I wanted to bring up. There's been some news coming out this week that like the 49ers are heavily interested in in having Brock be the guy next season and beyond. And I don't know if that's just, hey, let's leak this so he thinks we're confident in him going into the NFC Championship. There could be a lot of different things, but... I don't know. I mean, what else does he... That was the plan. Yeah, like, what else does he have to do? I think he's earned a right to compete in earnest for the 49ers starting job next year, at least. And quite frankly, he may have earned the right to compete as the favorite. Like, I don't know. He may have earned the right to be the guy who has to be beat, not the guy who's trying to beat the guy. And that made sense in my head, and I think might have made sense, but you know what I'm trying to say. I think he's earned the right to be the top dog coming into training camp. And if he wins this NFC Championship, I think he absolutely has earned it. But then you think the last time like a Super Bowl and a deep playoff run was done by a backup quarterback, it was Nick Foles, and they went right back to Carson Wentz the next year. So I don't know, Daniel. I don't, I don't think we need to spend too much time on it. We should focus on the fact that we're in the NFC Championship in two days. But I think it's worth talking about. Like, what what's the future here with Brock? I would agree. I, I think he has absolutely earned something. Um, and I, if if it was up to me, I would make him the starting quarterback next year. And that's hard to say because I do put a lot of stock into draft like draft capital where they were drafted. The fact that we traded three first round picks for Trey Lance and used our last pick in the draft on Brock Purdy. It feels silly to make that shift, but we have not lost with Brock Purdy. We've had these exact same weapons 
except for a big piece in Christian McCaffrey when Trey Lance was under center. So you can make that argument that Lance didn't get the chance to have one of the most dynamics and best running backs in the game, along with the most dynamic and one of the best tight ends and one of the best two receivers. Um, but he still had plenty of other guys. He's he's mobile. He can move. He can scramble. He We didn't see Trey look as comfortable. Um, Brock Purdy is a year or two older than Trey Lance. Um, he has more experience than Trey Lance because he was a four-year starter in college. Um, so there's an argument to be made there. And just uh, not even like, you know, most fans are going to say, well, they haven't lost with Brock Purdy, and he's killing it, and we haven't seen this from Trey Lance, so why wouldn't Brock Purdy start? And I get that, and that's enough reason for me to say, yeah, I would put Brock Purdy as a starter. But also, you know, Purdy is a little more, I don't want to say polished, but i, I got to find a better word. But he has more experience. He, he, he seems smarter. Um, again, I think that Trey Lance has more raw potential. Um, but I think that I think that it still needs some time to be woven in there. So that's that's my thought on it. Yeah, I I have not really come to a conclusion yet. I think Lance like no one's gonna argue that Lance's physical tools aren't better than Brock's. I don't I don't think that's an argument you can have. And we we picked Trey Lance because of those physical tools and because of what Kyle Shanahan thought he could become. And we don't know if he's become that. We don't know if he ever will. But he was picked because of a sky high potential. And I still think that I might believe that if he were to hit that potential, it's going to be better than what Brock has done this year. But I don't know. Do we need anyone who's better than what Brock has done this year? We know Brock is capable of what he's doing right now but then you think Brock Purdy in college did this he had an absolutely lights out freshman year when he came in off the bench and then he he regressed for the rest of his college career he never hit that level of production again maybe it's just kind of a flash in the pan playing with house, with house money thing you just don't know so I'm not I'm not picking a horse yet in that battle until next year's training camp just because I still think that Trey Lance's potential with those physical tools has to be like like it is better than what we've seen from Brock even though what we've seen from Brock has been absolutely lights out incredible quarterback play. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean we know like one Trey Lance is a bigger body, he's 6-4, he can run so he can do a little bit more of quarterback running. Um I know Brock Purdy has done the quarterback sneak like at the line. The, the Jimmy Garoppolo play, we pretty much call it. Um, you know, I, again, I relate Trey Lance a lot to Josh Allen. I will not stop saying it um, in terms of raw potential, but that's where it stops. He's not as <clears throat> he's he's got all the potential in the same specific ways that Josh does. He's just not there yet with any of it. I would say, and and he's far off because Josh Allen is crazy. Trey Lance has a long way to go to be like that, and I'm not I'm not saying he has to be like that, but I would like to see those same qualities grow closer to those of Josh's, to where he has a cannon and he he his accuracy is dialed in, but he can also run and maybe truck a linebacker or two. Um, but also, I think the biggest thing for me is I want to see Trey Lance look comfortable. I feel like every time we watched games earlier in the season or last season he didn't look comfortable 
And I get it. He is young, pretty inexperienced quarterback in a big-time league. It's going to take some time. But when he's comfortable, I think we're going to see him ride a little bit more, and we're going to see him excel in some new ways. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is Brock has come in and has looked comfortable. You know, Trey was playing, and in his play, we're like, ah, you know, we don't know if we can give this to you, this position to you based on your comfortability level. And Brock's like, I can handle this. And everyone around him is like, yep, you can. So, you know, if you can handle this, why are we not, why would we not give it to you? So I'm curious to see, I'm very, very curious to see off season, not as much to see the headlines and what people are talking about, but I want the Niners to be on hard knocks. And so we can see inside the quarterback room and, um, just see more footage behind the scenes there. That uh, that would I, be I exciting. I do hate to break it to you. Hard Knocks is limited to teams who warranted the playoffs the previous year, so we will not be on Hard Knocks. But I do agree that that would be awesome. Oh, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to see who they roll out in preseason. And I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how Cal Shanahan and John Lynch go about this quarterback decision and if, if they're – how how heavily they're influenced from other parties. So totally. I think that's um I I think that's a good a good way to think about it and like I said I'm I'm excited for this. It's going to be a good a good it's going to be I mean, hey, we enjoy talking about these things. We enjoy arguing about these things. Like this is something to talk and argue about for sure. So it's going to be fun. Um Want to get back to anything else you wanted to chat about from the Cowboys game? It was a good game. The Cowboys defense is awesome. The 49ers defense is awesome. We should have had a game-winning safety. Um, yeah. But any and then I, I kind of want to start talking about the Eagles. I'm just I'm I'm excited. You know. Um. Two things. First thing. One. Agree or disagree that this was Brock Purdy's potentially worst game? That it was his worst game. I don't know if I think that for sure, but you're not like you're not wrong. Like I'm not. I don't think I can argue it with you, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the second question is, would the Niners have still won if they did not get these two interceptions? Yes, I think so. But those, but Dak, played, Dak did not play well, and those two picks were, were part of that, you know? Yes. Yeah. Sadly, no Bosa sack, but Samson Ebukum got there. Um I don't know how many pass deflections is like a lot for a game, but I was at least in the first little bit, like there was six pass deflections. And so I'm, I'm looking through the stats and I'm like, Oh, pass deflection, pass deflection, pass, pass deflection. Look at these guys go. Uh, but I couldn't tell you how much is a lot for a game, but very, you know, that, that game can be summed up in a deep defensive slugfest. And that's what we got for it. Totally. And it was a it was a great game. Now want to talk a little. I think we could have potentially have another defensive slugfest. The 49ers are traveling to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I don't know why I needed to add the Pennsylvania. We all know where Philly is, and um, taking on the Eagles. The Eagles' best record in the NFC have been an absolute juggernaut this year. Just been pounding the team with their run game and their offensive line. Their defensive line has been dominant. Their corner play has been incredible. And, oh yeah, their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, has been talked about as an MVP candidate. 
add in some incredible wide receivers, and you have a team I'm really, really scared of, Daniel. I think they're the most complete team left in the NFL, and I, I think the 49ers are going to have their hands full. I don't think they're outmatched. I think this is a really, really good matchup. I have no idea who's going to win, but the Eagles are a really really good team playing them at home going into philly is really really hard especially right now in the playoffs they're going to get very very intense there and yeah i think it's just going to be it's going to be a slugfest it's going to be in the trenches the eagles offensive line is probably the best offensive line in the nfl the only other one you can put in the conversation is probably ours and i think they're a bit more complete so I, this is just going to be an absolute battle, one for the ages. Daniel, what do you think going into the NFC Championship this weekend? Uh, I was thinking on your your thought of that they're the most complete NFL team, um, or <clears throat> yeah, and I'm, so I'm like, I I don't argue with that. I think that they are the most complete NFL team, but I don't think they're like still the number one team I'm afraid of. I am still a little more fearful of the Bengals or the Chiefs, but uh, I do think I agree that they're the most complete NFL team, and so I was running through players in my brain, um, and then I also was looking at, and I go, oh, I pulled up their depth chart. I'm like, oh, I don't know if he's going to get in the game, but this is the revenge game of Trey Sermon. Oh my gosh, Trey Sermon revenge game? <laughs> I'm terrified. Yeah. If there's one thing we learned about Trey Sher- Sermon, it's that he can he can really get you. You should be worried about him. Yeah. Um, I think no, you're right, though. There's no way he plays. <laughs> no. Um, this offensive line is crazy. Jason Kelsey is uh, one of the best centers of all time, in my opinion. Uh, he is the I don't, center I think you can, you can drop the one of. Yeah. He's, he's just insane. Um, it's not just Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey gets touchdowns, so he is he gets a lot of attention, but Jason Kelsey is also one of my favorite athletes on this planet. Um, Lane Johnson at right tackle is just crazy. Um, Landon Dickerson left guard is nuts. Um, Jordan Mylotta. Yeah, I, I, can just, I can name. I'm just going down this the list. Fact, going, oh, this is crazy. This guy's here's crazy. how you know that they're really, really good is that we could name their entire offensive line and they're not our team. If you yeah. can name an entire offensive line on a team and it's not your team, that offensive line must be really, really good. Seriously, well, even you can flip the ball. It's it, you know we know we know defensive players a little bit, defensive line a little bit more than offensive line usually. Um, they got Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, and Josh Sweat. Um, Jordan Davis. I, but, yeah, Fletcher Fletcher Cox isn't isn't what he was. I would say a couple of years ago, but he's still Fletcher Cox. And you're right. Jordan Davis is essentially the new Fletcher Cox, in my opinion. Jordan um, Davis is a huge man. Talk about someone who moves the way someone his size shouldn't be allowed to move. That's Jordan yeah. Davis. Dude, we can, we can, uh, we continue with Robert Quinn, Linville Joseph and Namdekung Sue. Like <laughs> this is, this is loaded. Um, Hassan Riddick linebacker who uh, was, right behind Bosa in sacks. Um, James Bradbury and Darius Slay on the corners. That's, yeah. Th- I mean, this is a complete defense along with an, a solid offense that, as you said, um, is run by a, I, I believe, who will be the runner-up of M- MVP. 
Um, I'm not super high on Miles Sanders, but he has had a great year. And then receiving corp said that highlights A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. Um, so anyone can do anything in, on this roster, just like the Niners where we go down our list and we say, oh, you know, if it's not going to Kittle, it's going to Debo. Oh, wait, if it's not going to either one, then Christian McCaffrey or Elijah Mitchell or Brandon Ayuk, they can do the same thing here. Um, and especially on their, their defense, it's, it's a very stout defense, just like ours. I think, I think we beat them out in some categories that we have, we have much better linebackers. Um, and I would rather have our defensive line potentially. Um, but, uh, Darius Slay and James Bradbury, that's a, that's a solid corner duo. Um, man, I miss Emmanuel Mosley. I wish he was back. Yeah, him being unhealthy is a is a bummer, especially when you talk about those Eagles corners. It's like, wait, they get those guys, and we have yeah. It's like, not that I don't like have... our guys. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they're killing it. Yeah, L- L- yeah. Lenore has has stepped up and done well as the second cornerback, getting a big, a crucial interception last week. Um, but again, I, I think I would relate who uh, Lenore's play similar to Hufunga's, where sometimes their greatest strengths or their biggest weaknesses. Shout out Juice. Um, My weaknesses are also strengths, Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, um, just where they play so aggressive, and sometimes that bites them in the butt. But a lot of, the, I would say, percentage-wise, it's it's a risk they like taking. So I'm excited. I really hope that um, our secondary has a big game and holds up. I hope that Hufunga has a a big game. And there's not there's like normally we'll look at our opponent and be like, okay, what's like the one thing we worry about? I don't have that. I'm just in general worry that we're playing one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm worried about the Eagles. I like I don't know. I mean, I think the 49ers are the only roster in the NFC that I think is on the Eagles level though. So that's why I'm really excited about it. Like there aren't that many teams that I think compare to them and I think we're one. So even if I wasn't a fan of the 49ers, I'd be really, really excited about this championship game. It's going to be really, really fun. What do you think, Daniel? And I know we got we to gotta kind of wrap up kind of soon. What do you think are the biggest, most important things to the 49ers, to the Eagles for winning this game? What is it going to come down to? Is it going to be running game? Is it going to be passing game? Is it going to be D-line play? Give me your, your biggest thing that the 49ers need to do to beat the Eagles and or the biggest deciding factor in this game however you think it might go yeah my mind my mind goes to turnovers because I think that in a very similar game of last week where it was a defensive slugfest I think that like yes the Cowboys offense does have some key players but it doesn't function as well as the Eagles um and the Niners offense has some really key players but the Niners offense doesn't always function as well as the Eagles have throughout the season. That's why they were 10 and 0. What did they, what did their streak stop at? I'm not sure. Um, They lost one game. They had 70 sacks this season. Goodness. Wow. That's a number. So yeah, our Niners O-line is going to be busy. Um, Purdy's going to be scrambling. I hope that he doesn't scramble to the left corner so much again because I think that uh, teams are starting to notice that potentially. It's a uh, uh, a bit of a tendency. Yeah, but uh, he's making it work, and some some cool things come out of it. But I think that 
I say turnovers just because I don't think there's going to be room for mistake here. I don't think both teams are going to be making big mistakes. So if there is one, I think it's going to be pretty costly. But I think the player to watch on each team offensively um, is, I want to say A.J. Brown because he is either kind of a, they defenses either target him heavily and then kind of shut him down a little bit on the stat sheet or if they're trying to spread out evenly he he can be racking up those those stats big time those yards um but then also Jalen Hurts we've talked about in the past that the Niners defense struggles a little bit with very mobile quarterbacks um and I would say any defense does because a team that has weapons like Miles Sanders, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, you got to cover all those guys. And then when you know you got some open field, Jalen Hurts is very fast and loves to run and get some rushing touchdowns. You're gonna have a hard time swarming in to get him after he has already made his his way up the field. Um, and then reverse side of the ball, Kittle has been on, on fire. I expect some big plays from Kittle yet again. But I also expect um, more of our guys to be utilized than we used to see. I'm kind of thinking that this is not going to be a defensive slugfest. I think that there will be great defensive plays and there will be defensive stops. But I think that this is going to be a much high, more high-scoring game than we saw last week against the Cowboys. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think these are more even. I think I mean I think the. Cowboys were fairly evenly matched, but I think these are even more more evenly matched than the uh, than the Niners and the Cowboys. So it's going to be an awesome game. I think I think offensive difference maker for us is probably going to be, if not Brock Purdy, I think that's the real difference maker. But it's just like so easy to give. I think CMC. I think it comes down to McCaffrey. Can he be that game breaking player? We know he yep. can be, and we've seen him be. And so I, I think that is probably one of the biggest things it's going to come down to is can McCaffrey be that guy? And that I think is going to be going to be really fun to see. Defensively, I think can we stop Hurts from rushing? We played the Eagles last year before Jalen Hurts really became what he is now. He's really improved coming into this year, and he gouged us in the rushing game. And this 49ers defense, while really good, has kind of consistently struggled with rushing quarterbacks. And Jalen Hurts is probably the second best quarterback at rushing in the NFL after only Lamar Jackson. And so I I, I think we need to be worried. Fields. Yeah, and Justin Fields. You're right. Justin Fields is probably the other guy in there. But Justin Fields gouged us as well. I mean, the 49ers have had a yes. hard time stopping quarterbacks that can rush, and especially teams, not only guys who can scramble, but where the quarterback rush is a crucial part of their offensive game plan. That's the Eagles. And so I'm I'm worried about that. Hopefully D'Amico has just been has been cooking when he's not taking head coaching interviews with the ones he turned down. Hopefully he's just been cooking up ways to to limit Jalen Hurts. Hope we're gonna see our linebackers getting a lot of lateral moves movement to uh to keep him contained but that is going to be really really important and i mean setting the edge all of that is going to be crucial we may see a smaller game from bosa and some of the other dns as jay as they just focus on setting that edge to, to keep jalen in the pocket and i'm okay with that yeah i would like da- that a lot daniel we probably got to wrap up in a minute here do you want to do some bold predictions and then uh go get ready for the nfc championship yeah, sadly neither of us got ours last week. Where I believe, did you? Were you the one that said Debo and Brandon Ayuk touchdowns? I I believe I was. 
And then I said big Kittle game, touchdown and 75 yards. So no touchdown, but he had the 75 yards. Do we do we handicap these bold predictions? Because I have one that I want to make. Like I really want to make it, but it's like it's like this a ten thousand to, to one bold prediction. But like I still think I'm gonna make it. But like I just I want the caveat that like if this happened, like there's there's way better odds of whatever you're gonna say than whatever than what I'm about to say. Let's hear it. I think Trent Williams is going to get the football. I don't know in what way. I don't know if he's catching it. I think he's probably getting it in the rush game. We've seen him line up as fullback a few times. I think he gets the ball. I've been saying it for like two years that Kyle Shanahan is going to give Trent Williams the ball, and I think this is the year. I think Trent Williams is going to get the football. I don't know if it's a one-yard rush. I don't know if it's a little like pass for a touchdown, but I think Trent is getting the ball and I want it on record. Trent Williams gets the football. 10,000 to 1 bold prediction. Let's get it, baby. Dang, I feel like mine is so boring now. <laughs> it's just in Yeah, but yours might actually right? happen. Well, I tried I tried to still make it a, a big bold one uh, because I don't think that this is going to be a defensive slugfest in the way in the sense that it was last week. Um, I do think that there is going to be a relatively high higher amount of touchdowns. Um, and I think that the Niners are going to need to get it going. And I think that Brock Purdy is going to throw three touchdowns. I think that Brock Purdy is going to be challenged with a tough opponent, a former a former opponent in Jalen Hurts. Um, I know, they played in college. Yeah, and uh, I think that he's going to have to take it to the aerial attack at certain times. Um, but I do think that Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are going to be a huge part of this this offensive scheme and this run game, um, even against a tough defense. Um, but I think that as much as offensive weapons as we have and how much they can help Purdy, there's going to be a lot riding on Purdy, and uh, he's going to need to throw some touchdowns to, to keep them in the game. So that's my prediction is he gets three three touchdowns. I uh, totally sorry, throws three touchdowns. Throws three touchdowns. Yeah. His rushing Com- doesn't count. I think you're right that this this comes down to Brock. All right. Well, 49ers fans, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy this. Back-to-back NFC Championship appearances is something we should be really grateful for. Um, Like I said, we have a third-string rookie quarterback playing. He's Mr. Irrelevant. This is house money for us, too. So just enjoy every step of the ride. And the 49ers can beat this team, and they very well might. And it's going to be fun. Daniel, any any parting thoughts for the uh, the listeners out there? It's gonna be a fun game, everybody. It is. It is the. This is the test of all tests. The test of all tests. The battle of all battles. The game of all games. <laughs> what a what a way to end. All right, 49ers fans. Thank you for tuning in to us, listeners, and uh, enjoy and stay safe out there, everybody.